Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Renee Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Wasn't the worship team amazing? I think that everyone in their homes should just give a round of applause right now. (laughs) <laughs> to the worship team. I mean, we uh, watched these guys set up. We watched them uh, laying all of this sound equipment out, all of this uh, worship equipment out to make this such a great experience for everyone. And we're so thankful for them. Um, I love how innovative and creative our team is. You know, in a moment's notice, we turned a conference room into a double studio uh, where we're filming these live and uh, I just love our team, and they make it all possible. Amen. So good. Well, I'd like to share just a few uh, thoughts that I feel like the Lord has placed in my heart. But first, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are with us, that you are in every single home, that you don't have to have multitudes gathered together to be present, Father. But where there are believers who are hungry for your presence, God, you fall on that. Your kingdom is turned towards hunger. And so we thank you, God, that um, as we gather with our families, Father, and that we may not even be in the same room, God, but your power, your goodness, and your grace is present wherever we are with whoever we're with. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have nine people here. Don't worry, City of Austin. <laughs> we are under the limit. We've got nine amazing people here in the studio, so I'm going to need some amens uh, from my team here. <laughs> Yay! Okay. All right. I was, um, as I was trying to get to sleep last night, uh, I heard the Lord say uh, three words, and this is what I wanted to speak on today. Um, I heard him say, rest, feed, connect. And um, I have to say, I'm someone who preaches sermons, and I need a lot of preparation. (laughs) I like to read multiple books. I like to study. This is probably the fastest uh, I've ever uh, prepared a sermon, and that is the grace and the goodness of God. Amen. When you're quarantined with three young children, you just need that sometimes. So this was God's grace towards me. (laughs) So I just wanted to share some really practical tools in this season hopefully encourage you and inspire you. Um, But I know some of these uh, things that I practice on a daily basis or a weekly basis are really uh, helping me in this season. And so I pray that they do the same for you. So firstly, I wanted to talk about rest. Now, I used to be someone who thought that busyness equated to significance. Like the more busy I was, the more significant my life was. And I used to kind of make myself busy. (laughs) Anyone else do that? Anyone just chase like the things that they're really excited about and find their plates full really quickly and all of a sudden they're like, why am I so busy? It's because we say yes to a lot of things and we're learning to say no, amen. But I just, I heard this quote that really shifted the way that I thought and it was talking about um, hurry and busyness and it said this, it said, Being busy and having a hurried life is not just the sign of a disorganized schedule, but the sign of a disorganized heart. And I was like, whoa, actually busyness is the sign of a disorganized heart because we haven't gone and planned and prepared for rest. Um, 
And for some reason, we just think that maybe we don't need rest. But I love, even God says in Genesis 2, 3, he says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. I just love that because God rested, which means if we were made in him, his image, which we believe that we are, amen, then we are created to rest. We're created to rest. And sometimes I think um, we, as we get busier, we just think it's optional. But actually, rest, if we don't take it, it's going to catch up to us. It's going to catch up to us. And so... Um, Rest is also this posture that creates space for healing and growth. And I don't know, most of you I'm sure know this, but you know, as we sleep, that is actually the time that our brain restores and that our brains grow and develop. And even with children, their bodies do the most growing while they're asleep, while they're resting. And if we don't give our bodies permission to rest, then we are shortcutting ourselves from growth and healing. Who knows that if you get a sports injury, the wisdom doesn't tell you to just run back on the field the next day and start testing it out. <laughs> it's not going to end well for you. Amen? But the more that we rest that injury, the more we create a space for healing to take place. And I believe that as we are in this season of uh, self-isolation, of quarantine, of just slowing down the pace and pressing pause on life, that the Lord wants to be able to grow and heal us. And this is a beautiful opportunity for us to take inventory of our life and for us to put it before the Lord and ask him to fill in the spaces that we may be missing, for him to heal the places that may be broken, and for him to grow within us the things, the giftings, or whatever it is that he wants to grow within us. Amen. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I thought it was a great idea to run a marathon. Um, <laughs> I ran a half marathon, so not quite a marathon. I'm still going to get there one day. But I went from never running and never working out to training for a, mar for a half marathon. And who knows that if I had have gone out on my first day of training and tried to run five miles, that that would not have been a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I would not have made it five miles, so, you know, let's not pretend that that would have happened, but I would have been probably dying a very painful death on the sidewalk, because I cannot get, go from nothing to running five miles. <laughs> but what I would do is I would have a mile a day, and I would run for a quarter of a mile, and then I would walk for a quarter of a mile, run for a quarter of a mile, and then walk. And see, I had to put into place a rhythm of rest within my training in order for me to run further and in order for me to run faster. We cannot run if we do not rest. We just can't. We are going to burn out and we are going to be a casualty of busyness. And it's just not the way that God intended it to be. Amen. I, um, I wanted to read another scripture to you in Leviticus 26, verse 6. And it says this, I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. Peace actually is what the Lord gives us as we rest. 
we rest and peace comes. Amen. And in this season, who knows that we need all the peace that we can get, don't we? And so actually a way that we can usher in the peace of God is learning how to rest. I, um, God is really big on rest. And, um, you know, he talks a lot about the Sabbath. And I think sometimes we think it's a suggestion. <laughs> Don't we? I mean, I do. Like, oh, I'll fit a Sabbath in if I can. Like, oh, I'll try to figure out sometime this month to have a Sabbath. And God is like, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. The Sabbath is a commandment. And so we need to take seriously rest. And Sabbath is a great way to do that. And if you don't know about the Jewish tradition of Sabbath, then I would highly recommend that you look into it and that you practice a Sabbath day of rest. Because it's in those places that we can slow ourselves down and that God can speak to us. Because sometimes, who knows that we're too busy doing things for God and we don't actually hear what God wants to tell us. But when we can like quiet our spirit and when we can rest it invites God to come in greater measure amen we all need Sabbath in our life we all need a day of rest and can I just can I just encourage you that this is a great time for you to be resting but don't make this a you know oh in 2020 one time I got some rest (laughs) like this is actually a great time for you to establish rest as a lifestyle and not an event it shouldn't take a worldwide virus to get us to rest but it has and so now we can actually use this as a way to implement rest into our everyday lives You know, some of the really practical, I love some action steps. I love practical stuff. So at the end of each of these, I'm just going to give you a list of what helps me and just some practical action steps. So one would be practice Sabbath. Um, And as I said, you can look up what that means. It's Shabbat. And uh, the practice of that is just resting, you know, Um, and it's so good for the soul. I love it, actually. It's where um, usually on a Friday night at sundown to Saturday at sun set is this is the Shabbat is the Sabbath and um, one of the things I love the most about it is the father of the household he gets up as we're all seated seated around a table and he prays a blessing over each of his children and he imparts identity over each of his children and he teaches his children how to rest we get to teach our kids the importance of rest so that we don't have a generation who is striving and hustling and full of anxiety and depression. But we get to teach them how to rest and live a life that is so filled with joy and peace in the midst of the busyness of this world. Amen. Another great way to do uh, to practice rest is to journal. And I know all the men are like, Amen. <laughs> Well, usually it takes a little bit more for men to journal than it does for women. (laughs) We're like, a lot of the times, external processes, and so it comes a lot easier to us sometimes than men. But it's a great time to take inventory of your life. Figure out what your priorities are. I don't know about you, but I get excited about a lot of things, and I can find myself saying yes without actually taking into account and weighing the cost of time. And weighing the cost of like, what is this going to cost me with my peace? Am I going to have to exchange my peace to be part of this really fun, really exciting project 
but they're not always what the Lord has for you. And we have to take inventory of our lives. Otherwise, we just keep going and going and going until one day it crashes down on us. And I've got to tell you, I didn't really know this concept as well as um, I do now since stepping into pastoring. <laughs> and unfortunately, I mean, this is not a funny part of it, but unfortunately, so many pastors experience burnout. So many of them experience burnout. And I was kind of like, well, they're just kind of maybe not resting or they're not doing, you know, you know, you always have excuses when you're not that person. You always have an opinion when you're not actually <laughs> in that position. And then when I became a pastor, I'm like, I can totally understand why pastors burn out. This is real. Um, and, you know, not just pastors, obviously, it's a lot of everyone can burn out if they don't manage themselves well and they don't learn how to rest. Um, but it's intentional. We have to intentionally plan to rest. Um, you can take a social media detox. <gasps> oh, doesn't that just feel good to say? It feels good to say, like, oh, I feel like light and airy just saying that. That is a great way to practice rest. Another great way is to read. Not on Saturday nights. Get on social media. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's on YouTube. Is that social media? I don't know. YouTube is not social media. <laughs> I just found out. But can I encourage you to read as well? And hey, let's not just read on a device and on a screen. Like actually pick a book up and read. And we should be reading this every day, the Word of God. Amen. But let's read books. And if it's fiction that you love, read fiction. If it's biographies that you love, read biographies. Do something that feeds your soul and creates an atmosphere of peace. And another thing is sleep. Sleep. I'm preaching, I'm preaching to my husband right now. <laughs> I'm preaching to my six-year-old son right now. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have some night owls in our family. But, um, and I am not always great at getting enough sleep either. But can I just encourage you, this is a great season to catch up on some sleep and to prioritize sleep. Um, okay, so that's rest. That's some wise and some really practical steps on how to rest. And the next word that I heard the Lord say was feed. So we have to allow Jesus to feed us. Amen. It's a time like this where we're not able to gather together. And I mean, we are listening to church via social media. Praise the Lord for the advancement of technology. We're not gathered in a room. And now is where the rubber hits the road. Like how deep is your well? How deep is your well? Do you know how to feed yourself? Are you a good cook? Or do you just allow other people to prepare your meals for you? And this is just such a great time to, again, take inventory <laughs> on how good you are in the kitchen. <laughs> and I just, God always talks about meditating on his word and the importance of having scripture within us. And it's just such a great time to practice that self-discipline about feeding on the Word of God. And um, I love in John, in John 6 verse 51, Jesus says this, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. We need to be feeding on the words of Jesus. 
Amen. We need to be restored in his presence. We need to be soaking in his presence. And we need to learn how to get this access between us and Holy Spirit and not depend on other people for it. It's great when you can get great teaching. And I love podcasts. I love sermons. But we shouldn't be getting fed only on a Sunday. I mean, you would be very malnourished if your food you were only eating one day a week. We would call that a disorder. So some of the ways that the Lord tells us is to meditate on the word. You know, Eastern religion would tell you that meditation is to empty your mind and to, I actually don't know much about Eastern meditation. Shakara. Um, I've never done it before, so, but I do know the principle is to empty your mind. (laughs) But... God says when we meditate, it is to fill our minds with the Word of God and to fill our minds with the things of God. Amen. And so it looks very different, but it is just as important for the Christian to meditate on the Word of God as it is for any other person to slow themselves down and just have this time where it's just you and God and you're meditating on His goodness. You're meditating on his words. You're meditating on the promises that he has spoken over your life. You're meditating on the prophetic words that he has given you. Amen. And another way that I am very convicted in, and so I'm going to preach this, and I'm in the process of practicing, but is memorization. (laughs) I was super convicted about a year and a half ago when uh, I went to my daughter and son. They go to a little Christian school here in Austin that's just amazing. Um, But they have them reciting and memorizing not just like a verse or two of scripture, but entire chapters entire chapters and I'm sitting there in the chapel one day at their recitation and I have my six-year-old in front of me reciting the entire first chapter of Genesis and I'm like (laughs) oh my goodness you are better at knowing the Bible in some cases than I am like what I do not memorize scripture as well as they're teaching children to memorize scripture and I felt such a conviction from the Holy Spirit and so now what I do is I find some verses and it's not, I, I, don't, I don't know like if it's just motherhood and, you know, just life in general, but I can't, I can't memorize like as well as I used to. <laughs> That's going to change in Jesus' name. But I actually choose a verse and sometimes it's like one a month. Sometimes it's like once a week and I just write the, inti- uh, you probably can't even see my book, so don't worry. But I write out the verse by hand and I'll put it on post-it notes. And I had one in my car like a few weeks ago and I just kept memorizing this scripture, memorizing the scripture. And I tell you what, the Lord will use that. The Lord uses these scriptures and it's in the times that you least expect it that they will pop up into daily life and just give you strength, give you sustenance and give you joy in that moment. Amen. And that is the beauty of having scripture living inside of you. We need to feed ourselves and be led by the Holy Spirit. So some really practical tools for this is I do love podcasts. I'm a big podcast fan. So if there are some um, churches out there or speakers or theologians or whatever it is, I would encourage you to find some podcasts. And if you go for a daily walk or you're driving to work, throw a podcast on. You can listen to the Bible on audio. 
One of my favorite apps that I use every single day is the Bible app. Um, and it has free uh, Bible studies on it. It's just called Bible app. Uh, it has reading plans. So I have my uh, Bible reading plan that I do through that app. And I also do Bible studies every now and then through that app too. And you can join in with friends to do it. Blue Letter Bible is a great resource if you want to dig deep in the Word of God. So that's, uh, I don't know what it is, if it's .com, .org, what it is, but .org, there you go. But you can Google it, Blue Letter Bible, and you can actually find out the root meaning of a lot of the words that are in scriptures and passages, and it changes the way that you look at scripture. And books, read books. I love books by Bill Johnson. I'm sure a lot of you do as well. I'm a big Toza fan, A.W. Toza. I mean, he's my... Is my spirit animal. But <laughs> there is so many great authors and great theologians and people who are just, um, they just know the Bible so well. And so I just encourage you to even get into that. Another app that I have um, that I actually meant to mention for rest, it's called Soul Time. And it's actually a Christian meditation app. And it actually reads scripture to you as it teaches you how to meditate on God's word. Because that's then that's called soul time. So there are a lot of different resources that are available to us. The third word is connect. So there's rest, feed, and connect. And so connect. Now this is kind of an oxymoron in the season that we're in, because it's like connect, self-isolate, self-isolate. <laughs> but disconnecting from jobs from busyness, I think is a great thing in this season, but I don't think that we should disconnect from people. And the beauty, again, of not only technology, but different apps and different social media platforms, whatever it is, it makes the world and it makes your loved ones so accessible. Amen. I, um, I would encourage you to draw closer in these seasons because there's a lot of people out there who need the hope that you carry. Um, and just because we're in isolation, it doesn't mean that our spiritual gifts are dormant. Amen? <laughs> so you can prophesy. You can get up in the morning and you can ask the Lord for an encouraging word for your neighbor. You can write it on a fun little card and go pop it on their doorstep. You can bake them fresh bread. You can do, I mean, that's my love language right there. <laughs> but you can do whatever comes natural, whatever comes easy to you. But let's not disconnect from people and relationships. Let's be intentional with our relationships now more than ever. Um, I think that anxiety is a marker of giving without filling. But the beauty of rest and feed is they filling practices. So the more that we practice rest and the more that we practice feeding, the more that we're able to give out of this place of rest, out of this place of peace and out of a place of abundance. And so we're not anxious and we don't have this, you know, stress that surrounds connection and that surrounds pouring out but not having enough to give. Um, you know, it is intentional and some people are going to have to choose to forgive instead of carry offense. Some people are going to have to choose to be brave and be vulnerable. Some people are going to have to just simply write it out in their calendar. Like I went through a season where I wanted to, I felt a challenge from the Lord. Actually, it was Steve Backlund who was talking and then the Lord was like, you should do that. He, every single day, he sends either a text or an email encouraging people. 
And I'm like, whoa, that is a great idea. I am going to do that. And so I had to put it on my phone because I don't remember things very well. <laughs> but I put a reminder on my phone. And every day I would pray and just ask the Lord, who are you highlighting? What is a scripture for them? Or what is a word of encouragement? And I would send it to them. I'd email or I'd text. Sometimes I would even call. I don't feel like anyone calls anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I love, I still love hearing someone's voice. So, but it's amazing actually what the Lord did through those simple acts of obedience. And he is going to bless so many people. He's going to encourage so many people. And who knows if that word that you have is delivered in such a time that someone's heart opens up towards the Lord. Someone who doesn't know Jesus is like, oh my goodness, that word was so spot on. That was so encouraging. There was peace that actually was on that message. There's more to this person, Jesus, than I thought. What if your act of obedience led to salvation? No pressure. But seriously, like if we can learn to press in in these times and not just sit and disconnect from people, but if we can just press in, I just think that the Lord is going to move. He's already moving in the most amazing ways during this time, during this season. And we're just going to see more testimonies of his goodness invading people's lives. Um, Okay, I'm not super good at this one, but I just want to encourage you. Can you ask for help? <laughs> ask for help. You know, I used to think when I was growing up, probably all my life, and, and I'm getting better at it, but I'm, I'm not great at it. And you can ask Joaquin. He's, he's, he's good at it, but he'll be like, just ask for help. And I'm like, no. Like for some, something recoils inside of me, and I'm like, like help is a dirty word. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think it's because I always thought that help was a sign of weakness. But I think the older that I'm getting, the more I'm finding actually it takes a stronger person to ask for help than it does to not. And so actually asking for help is a sign of strength and not weakness. And you know what? You may need groceries. You may need prayer. So reach out and ask people. But even if it's not something physical, even if you just need to process with someone, Reach out to your best friend. Reach out to whoever you have in your world and just ask if someone will sit and process with you because this is a crazy, crazy time that we are in right now. And if you're not okay, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there and not ask for help. And so I just want to encourage you that if you need that, if you need someone to just reach out and to ask for help, and it's actually a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness. Um, and choose unity. Amen? We love unity here. Let me just read you this scripture. It's in Psalm 133. I'm just going to read the whole, the whole psalm. It's pretty short, but I love this. This is how God views unity. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing." Did you get that? Unity precedes blessing. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. 
Unity is where we find life. Amen. My last scripture that I want to read to you tonight is in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says this, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Okay, so we're not actually allowed to assemble together. (laughs) But again, we can find creative ways to do this. As is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as the day, as you see the day approaching. Let's not forget each other in this time. Um, you know, I, I actually believe that the best of humanity thrives in uncertainty. You know, we can look at everything that's happening now. We can look at the stress and the fear and the worry. But there are people who are thriving in this environment because I think that this brings out the best in humanity. Yes, sometimes it brings out the worst in humanity as well, like people fighting over toilet paper. Crazy. But I think I have seen so many more people reaching out in love than I have the opposite. Bad press always gets more press. (laughs) Bad press always gets forefront of secular news. It always does. But you don't have to look very hard to see the good that is happening in the midst of this either. There is so much good and people are... People are coming to the table. They are thriving. They are shining as they help one another. You know, some really practical action steps for connection is this, is FaceTime. I mean, we love FaceTime, right? Yay. Um, We could write letters. That's so antiquated, I know. But isn't that fun? I love, I love the idea of getting a letter of encouragement instead of an email or a text, even though those things are good too. And can I just give you one app that has really changed my life and been a lifeline for me? And it's called Marco Polo. If you don't have it, you should get it, especially if you have friends and family that live in different states or live different countries. Uh, all my family back in Australia are on Marco Polo. I have friends across the United States who are on Marco Polo, and it's the best. It's video messaging. So you can video chat back and forth um, on your own time. So time zones aren't really, you know, an issue, but it has been such a lifeline for me to stay connected with family and friends. And so that could be a great tool for you as well. But let's choose this time to band together. So check on your neighbors, check on your friends, text your mom and dad, call your grandparents. Let's make sure we're all doing okay. And let's step in and be quick to raise our hand when there's a need, amen? Because that is what we do best. That is what the church does best. And I am so hopeful of this time. I think this is going to pass. I really do. This too shall pass. We don't know how long it's going to take to pass. But I really believe that in this season, the bride is going to become more and more glorious. More and more glorious. And we're not going to become disconnected. We're not going to become disconnected. We're going to use this as a place of connection, as a place to help grow one another, as a place to help each other process, as a place to make sure that we're doing okay. And not just if we have food in our pantries, but to make sure that our souls are okay and that our spirits are thriving. Amen. Because we are able to thrive in the midst of chaos. Because that's the beauty of knowing Jesus. That's the beauty of having the Prince of Peace living inside of your heart. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray for you all really quickly and wrap this up, but 
We just wanted to say from us to you, we love you guys so much. We are praying for you all. We're praying for your families. We're praying for protection and peace over all of you. And we're just, we're just really believing that this is going to be a sweet time of connection with your family and with your friends and just believing that the Lord is going to just invade your homes. Amen. And that this newfound rest will not just be a moment, but will become a lifestyle. And so, Jesus, we just thank you that you are in every single season. You're in every season and you make all things work together for our good. So we thank you, Father, that as you weave your presence, that as you weave your story throughout this season, we just ask, God, that there would just be testimonies of your goodness, that there will be testimonies of salvation, there'll be testimonies of healing, there'll be testimonies of relationships restored, God. Yeah, we thank you. We thank you that in the uncertainty, the certainty that we do have is you and eternal life with you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, Bethel Austin. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.